This week's episode is brought to you by an individual who sponsored the podcast due to his jealousy of Demon's Schlid of the Week. He wants to prove that once and for all, he has the worst hairstyle ever um, and has come out with a new look and wanted to advertise in our podcast so everybody would take notice. This new look is a weird-looking Harry Krishna topknot with, like, a blonde skirt out the back um, and truly looks disgusting. Its owner, Candy, um, is is equal parts ashamed and proud of it. Um, it truly is an absolutely shambles of a lid. So he wanted to bring the podcast to you this week just so you guys could look at all the photos we've posted and you could see it. Have a great episode, fellas. Good afternoon, Mr. Tapping. Good afternoon. Very well, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Had a really good day today and uh, looking forward to getting chatting about the draft and stuff. Just waiting on, on Jack. Oh, and... That is the buzzer at my door, which is Candy coming back from his run as Jack arrives. Hello, Jack. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Just letting Candy in the door. He's been for a run. Been gone most oh, of the day. Oh. Uh, he's been over half hour. He's quite quick, actually. He runs like 25-minute 5Ks, so he's doing all right. Mm. So... Um, welcome to episode five of the Maximum Friction podcast. Um, uh, are either of you like on speaker or anything? Because one of the microphones giving us a bit of feedback from one of you. Uh, no, I'm on my headphones. Uh, oh, cool. I'm on speaker, but I'm usually on speaker. So, but are you getting a bit of oh. feedback from me? Yes, mate. Must be you. Let me go in and out. Cool. We'll wait for him to come back, and I'll talk us through the agenda. So we're going to have a bit of a catch-up, um, run into draft review. We're going to talk around the main talking points for this weekend's draft. Um, then we're going to cover Demon Schlid of the Week. Uh, we've got Ravens, Texans, Steelers breakdowns, because we're a Homer podcast, and we want to talk about our own teams. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to finish it off with a bit of Jack in Wonderland, and then a final Jack versus Sean quiz to end us out this week. I've got it, um, and I have fallen down a rabbit hole. <laughs> excellent. With with regards to the quiz, I hope you both have been swatting up. There's uh, there's some throwback questions, um, maybe even to pre, maybe even to previous episodes, um, and maybe some questions that have crossed podcast links. Who knows? Anyway, um, show up my not how... Sean's podcast knowledge now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how are we both this week? Good. Uh, I feel like I'm starting to feel the, the boredom a little bit now. Uh, but yeah, still just carrying on, keeping on. The draft was a nice break. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I agree. I, I enjoyed the... Uh, the draft was a hectic three days for me. Um had a great great Zoom call with uh, with Sean and some of the other guys um, through the first round, which was was entertaining and it was quite fast anyway. But that, that we were on that phone call for about four or five hours and it did go quite quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed watching the draft. I then spent most of my evening, uh, most of my weekend actually, then uh, writing and editing articles for for Timeskew, which was great because I got to read about football all weekend and watch football and. Uh, 
I think uh, Kaylee now understands the whole football thing because it was <laughs> unavoidable for three whole days. How how long has Kaylee been living with you now? Ooh, uh, four months, maybe five. Uh, and how long did you live with Matt Robert? About a year and a bit. About a year and a bit. So she's picked up more about football in four months than he has in a year and a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He still beat you in fantasy, though. I will defend him slightly. <laughs> That's not the point. I can defend him <laughs> we know it. because he sent, me, he sent me a plant in the post for my birthday. How cute is that? Oh, to be fair, I'm a big fan of him right now. He, he sent me a book, book in, the, in the post. You think he's just bored? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Sean, have you got anything? Uh, <laughs> I've not had anything in the post, uh, but I'm wondering if he's just re-gifting things. Just yeah. use this opportunity <laughs> to empty out a garage or something, and he's like, oh, look at all these things I have to re-gift. <laughs> you've, you've, you've made a critical mistake in the lifestyle of Matt Robert there. Matt doesn't think of that. He would try and sell stuff if he was clearing out the garage. Yeah, he'd often... Like, he would try and sell everything. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. When he gives something, it's a gift and it's thoughtful. <laughs> the rest of the time, he's tight as fuck. <laughs> Either a good guy or a bastard. <laughs> so, draft. Um, yeah, as you mentioned when we talked on Friday, Jack, the uh, first few picks were kind of as expected. Um, and then, you know, I, I quite like the Dolphins saying they weren't going to draft two and then actually drafting him, which was nice. Um, I I enjoyed the first round. Um, I yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on main talking points? I think the first round went like the the first like we said four or five picks went as um as the Americans say it was chalk, which I, I guess means it went as everybody thinks it went. But I missed that kind of uh, that lingo lesson. But um, <laughs> yeah, we all expected those picks to go as they were. Um, it only really got surprising when we started realizing that uh, the receivers were dropping, um, mm. and then it got more and more tense as we went through the teams. And there were some frantic discussions going on about, okay, so this team doesn't need a receiver, but they've got to find. Maybe they've got to pick this guy up. Surely they've got to do this, and then they do this, and then Jerry Jones of all people. Oh, he was so happy. Smug bastard who, if you read my happiness rankings, the, look, <laughs> it was 11 out of 10 on my happiness ranking. Yep. Which, uh, it, it, how CD Lamb slid um, to the Cowboys of all the teams to him to slide to. Um, a, a team that already has an embarrassment of riches of wide receiver anyway. It's... Uh, that was that was an odd one for me, as was um, some of the other odd picks. I think uh, the Saints picking up a center, uh, Cesar Ruiz, great player, um, highest ranked center. It will will do a job for them. Uh, it signals kind of a, a shifting of the guard in their offensive line. Maybe um, I felt there was other players that could have helped them more in the first round at that point, but they still managed to get Zach Bourne uh, later on, and they got Adam Troutman, who I think is a really good receiving tight end. So they, they kind of filled the gaps they needed to, um, but that was a weird pick. Um, I loved the um, the Chiefs picking up their guy end of uh, end of round one. 
Edward Zolaire, love that. He's such a good player. I, I think that's going to be a massive get for the Chiefs. Um, he fit yeah. system. Really, He's a perfect fit for that offense, which is just horrible for the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, he catches the ball well out the backfield. He's really good on screens. Um, he's exactly what they need. And I, I love the fact that that Bill just put both his middle fingers up, put his dog in charge, and fucked off out the first round. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was superb. Um, amazing, yeah, Sean. Why? Well, while we're on it, I was going to say, and Sean can probably start this off. Should we talk about the Packers? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a bizarre move, isn't it? I mean, I suppose, yeah, Rogers being Rogered is is quite enjoyable. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm someone that feels like the Packers have had way too much consistent QB success. So I was quite pleased mm. that maybe we could we could attempt to hand this over to Love, who would fall on his face. Um, I suppose potentially, if you looked at like some of the mock draft, you could see him as a good value there. Uh, but apart from that, the, the the Packers have so many different needs that could have been filled at that point. Um, and again, you then look at the rest of their draft, and it's not like they filled those needs later. Uh, no. I, I appreciate there's always that sort of best player available mentality, and NFL teams will tell you that that's exactly what they do. Um, but I, I simply refuse to believe that they there is always that best player available. It's best player available. Oh, but look, two, two three players down. We've got a guy yeah, that yeah. fills this massive need for us. Um, hmm. Are they looking to get AJ Green? I don't think so with Burrow going to Cincinnati. But that's... They, the the skills that AJ Green brings to the table at 30 plus years old with a history of ankle injuries why would you draft T Higgins if not to replace that yeah you could also oh, you replace it but they'll play a year together yeah you could see you could see Higgins as a progress stopper as well um, uh, AJ Green as a progress stopper for uh, T Higgins Bengals. but yeah I, I don't think I don't think AJ Green will move uh, the Bengals tend to keep their own their own players. Uh, I just think I just think the Packers are one of those teams that have for a long time live and died by the draft and probably feel like they're going to live and die by the best player available. Hmm. How bad must it be to be a Packers fan right now and just see like your QB melting and like getting really annoyed and not being supported by his front office. Aaron Rodgers is like, always annoyed. I don't think there's any difference there. I think he's always got something <laughs> that he doesn't like. And I, to be honest, yes, the Packers had a need at wide receiver, but they also have Devante Adams and they have Aaron Jones and they have Jamal Williams. They, they're not devoid of talent. Um, and they, they are a consistently good team. So it's not like they're going to suddenly fall and only win two games. They're probably still going to make the playoffs. And all it means is that they I... give him an elite wide receiver in that first round. So it's it's a tough one to call because they're still a good team. I I think they needed to invest early in their offensive line and they didn't. Um, and it's just it's just quite funny. Like I don't really like Bears fans either, but it's really funny to see Packers <laughs> fans now who have been dishing out loads of trash for a couple of years now. How, how pathetic the Bears are and how they fall apart. It's really nice to see the Packers following the, following them down that slippery slope. Um, I think it's it a really interesting NFC North because I just the they've all kind of done the same thing. The Chargers haven't done what 
uh, not the Chucks, sorry, the Bears haven't done what you think they should have. Like they um they should have invested in the quarterback maybe. They they should have given a bit more talent around Trubisky slash Foles, whichever of that two headed monster pokes their head out and wins a job. Or they should have mm. not just gone with Jimmy Graham as their tight end. Or there's there's a couple of things the Bears should have done, but they do have the talent. They have Anthony Miller, they have Alan Robinson, um, they have Tariq Cohen, they, they have the talent there. And um uh, David Montgomery, they have those guys there to to be a really good offense if they can figure the shit out. And their defense is still, I mean, you've got Mac there and there, there are some still really good players there. And Eddie Jackson, those kind of guys. The Lions only got better. I mean, adding DeAndre, DeAndre Swift is is a great player and Carryon Johnson is a great player. Matt Stafford is a great player. Uh, Kenny Golladay is really good. I mean, they've, they've got the talent there to be to be decent and they've drafted some decent guys on defense as well. They've got Jeff Okuda now. Um, and the pack has kind of stayed the same. The Vikings only improved. Um, I, I yeah. just think it's a very interesting division. Yeah, it's a time where it's, I mean, it's obviously most of the time, you know, we don't know. There's every, every prospect is almost a 50-50 shot of whether they sort of make the roster and they're any good. But when you look at a team that doesn't pick up any of their needs, you can't, you can't look at it and go, well, this guy's going to be a big contributing factor. You're hoping that maybe in three years that love can overtake the mantle. But it's kind of a weird way to look at the the process. Usually you've got guys, okay, right. Well, if he's good, he's going to plug in here. If he's good, he's going to plug in here. Whereas the the Packers have kind of put put guys behind people that are already established starters, which I, I don't really get. Like with AJ Dillon, like you say, they've already got a good running back room. They've already got a good quarterback room. I don't understand the need to, you know, it's one thing stacking on strength for players that are always going to be bouncing in and out. You know, there's nothing wrong with having too many good corners or too many good receivers. But there's some positions where you stack a room and they just won't see the field. You know, there's only so many running backs you can get on the field. There's only so many quarterbacks you can get on the field. It, it doesn't make sense. And it's hard to be, it's hard to be optimistic because you're only ever going to, if, if Jordan Love becomes, uh, Julian Love becomes the guy, that means Jordan Aaron Rodgers is no longer in the picture. You know, if, if, if AJ Dillon turns out to be a star, that means you need to get rid of Jamal Williams. Uh, sorry. Um, or, or either one. Either one, yeah. You, you kind of have to get rid of a superstar. You're, you're replacing a superstar with what you hope would be a superstar, but it doesn't, it doesn't improve you. It just kind of keeps you on a level, which is, is boring in draft season. And you weren't giving. It's not like they were giving Rogers more weapons by giving them a between the tackle thumper, no. because that's not no. what they need. Like if you're going to do it, give him a pass catching back out the backfield to distribute the ball a bit, ball a bit more quickly, or some something like that. But they didn't do that. What I will say is, I can at the usual path with these these quarterbacks that are um, kind of their mid thirties going on forty, which is now kind of the forty is the end of the road. It looks like. For, for quarterbacks at this point, it's that 38 to 40 year old range. Um, and that's getting later and later, but you, you see these guys, so you see Tom Brady decided to move on, but Drew Brees is going to retire a saint. Uh, Phil Rivers is going to do this one year and then probably ride off into the sunset. He didn't get traded. He got, he got let go and then, and then signed with another team. Ben Roethlisberger is most likely going to retire a stealer. Eli Manning retired a giant. Uh, Peyton Manning did his big move, but then retired. Uh, retired a Bronco. Like these guys don't get traded around, 
But Aaron Rodgers, I can see betting on himself and forcing himself out of Green Bay if he doesn't like how it goes down. Which would be hilarious. I just, I just still, I think, I think the, the strangest part is, I just don't think Julian Love will ever have the skill set to be Aaron Rodgers. No. I think so, so, so I think I think again you're you're not going to see something that makes you go okay in the next year eighteen months. So I just think you get stuck in this position where where you're going to end up with him being a you know a good backup, but maybe you end up trading him in a few years because it's too it's too expensive to have two of those great quarterbacks, and I don't think he'll he'll ever take over Rogers, or certainly not in the next couple of years. Did they pay Rogers? Did, uh... They paid him a couple of years ago. Um, he, he had a very big contract. Um, did either of you hear about how the Packers actually tried to trade up with the Vikings before taking a quarterback? So they may well have taken love earlier than where they actually took him. I don't think they needed to. They could have picked him up in a second damn round. Like they didn't need to trade up. <laughs> no one was taking Oh, dear. No one was taking him. Uh, like maybe the Colts, but I think they had their eyes set on Jacob Eason. But I, I just don't. They just didn't need to do that, and you could have picked up some some exceptional talent and helped your potential Hall of Fame quarterback win another Super Bowl. Otherwise, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, what do you guys? Oh no, go on, carry on, Sean. No, I was just, just going to say again to come back to it that day two and three didn't make any anything any better. You know, if, no. they, if they'd taken love and then gone, right, now we need to load up for Rodgers. You know, we've got this great backup plan and we had to play a premium because he's talented. But here's all these stacked receivers. Now they just they just went away from it. They just left him left him on his own. Mm-hmm. They double, They saw the negative reaction after day one and doubled down and just <laughs> kept going negative. Um, no, what I was going to say is, what did you guys think of the Raiders with some of their left field picks and also oh. having the choice of receivers and taking rugs? Goodness sake! I mean, it's it's um, it, like I said, like I said in my in my article, it's it, the the slogan of the Raiders has now moved from just win baby to we know something you don't know. <laughs> nah, nah, yeah. Because like this is is Mayock, and he hey he is he's a great draft guy. John Gruden is is fun as a coach. They have a quarterback. He is a good quarterback. I don't know why everyone keeps circling around. I like box. I like Derek Carr. He's a good quarterback, and I, I just think yeah, Henry Ruggs could be a really good receiver. He he genuinely could be. And the point that you made in the last podcast, Dan, he was against tough opposition and still performed and is yep. exceptionally fast and etc. 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 Yes, he could turn out to be one of the best receivers. In, the, in this draft class but you have more proven commodities there um, and, and there are other options but that's not the biggest problem I have the biggest problem I have is them taking Damon Arnett as in a, in a position that he had no right to be picked in yeah the guy the guy wasn't going to play football last year and then he, he didn't turn up to the off-season program and then got convinced to play football he's a decent prospect but give me a break it's strange how especially last year where they took um Cleland Farrell and that was that was because you know this is our high character guy this is this is what the Mayock Gruden era is going to be all about and then and then the following year taking a guy that kind of you know wishy-washy I don't really care about football um which is fine it's okay for him to not care about football 
but I wouldn't be spending my first round pick on someone that doesn't care, maybe doesn't care about football, but also isn't anywhere near as talented as corners on the board. Exactly. Could he? Uh, could he end up being the next Glenn Coffey? <laughs> Somebody just retired early. Um, yes, having been drafted quite highly. Um, Probably. <laughs> I. I I liked the the Farrell pick from them last year. Um, really good player, and it proved dividends. But I'm not sure if this guy will do the same thing. Um, but but it'll, his draft it, with his production, it'll no. be it'll be entertaining to see the Raiders in Vegas. Yeah, and the Gruden I just, Mayock show continue. I just want to say one more thing about Rugs as well. It's 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 strange because Gruden's offense is all is all. You know, playing what's immediately in front of you, those quick reads, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands. And Henry Ruggs, while he's super fast, isn't uh, after the catch guy in kind of tight windows. He's long speed, um, you know, kind of that cool down. Take the top off the yeah, defense. take the top off the defense. Not not someone with wiggle, which is exactly what CD Lamb was there and could do for you. Yeah, uh, CD Lamb was more polished. Jerry Judy was more polished, more complete receivers. Um, the Rugs pick, I think they're trying to fill that hole that they had for Antonio Brown. Um, Not the same. Brown, guy. Albeit, Brown, albeit, was more skillful in the slot and on shorter routes and after the catch. But when Brown burst into the league, he was a deep ball guy. And that's exactly what Rugs is. So I think that's what they're trying to do for their play action pass game. Yeah, I just, yeah, maybe I just I would have I would have given them a based on how Derek Carr plays, I would have given them either a slot guy or a guy that can work around the inside and make things happen after the catch, so they can he can hit that. Check. Yeah, and then push Josh but, Jacobs. But Josh Jacobs is the best they, player on that offense. Why? Why would you got, not do it? They've got Hunter Renfro in the slot. They need an outside guy. That's why I I think that's Jefferson, why they did it. Jefferson. Judy, these guys are all outside guys. But... Oh, yeah, I know. I'm just saying that's why they... Yeah, this is a discussion I was having uh, today with some other football people was just that the problem when you get either a coach that is the GM or you get a coach that is, uh, you know, a, a diff- almost inside. a de facto GM in that he's got that 10-year contract, you know, he has all the power, Yeah, is you get someone that looks at a sc- skill set and says, I want that skill set, I will coach I will coach him better than he has been coached. Which is sometimes fine when you look at small school kids, but when you look at someone that's been playing at a top programme, they've probably had some pretty good coaching already. And I don't know whether John Gruden yes. is going to suddenly release <laughs> some talent that we've not already been privy to. Yeah. Dan, I yeah, have a couple that uh, I wanted to just quickly touch on that um, yeah. I think were insane bargains for some teams. Um, Fire away. So uh, James Prochet, James Prochet, I looked up the pronunciation, is uh, I am impossibly sad that he went to the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily um, enough, I, had a, I, I, had a, I have a bit on that later on. Oh, man. Round six as well. Like, you draft... They've drafted a receiver at pick 201 who is the best statistical wide receiver SMU have ever had in their history. He had 1,000 yards in the last two campaigns, got 27 touchdowns. In 2019, he led the NCAA in receptions. Like, it was a tied lead, but he, 111 receptions. Um, and he's the best in the AAC. Like, he's, to pick him up in the sixth round 
is insane. You've just done my bit for me. Thanks, pal. That's almost word for word. You're welcome. Um, the only thing only thing I had to add to it was, I feel it's the steal of the class because you hate it. <laughs> anyway, who else were you wanting to talk about? Uh, J.R. Reed. Uh, I don't know where he's ended up, um, but a magnificent fall in the draft. I don't know whether something's going to come out about him afterwards. Uh, I don't know where he's ended up. I've been looking at sort of free agents and where they've, they've ended up. But most people had him most people had him in the second and third round. Uh, I thought he could sneak into the first. Uh, he's a safety out of Georgia. Uh, kind of a bit of a do-it-all, which there wasn't so many of in this class. There was kind of free safeties or thumper safeties. Mm. Um, but I, I'm absolutely amazed and would 100% be shocked if he didn't make a roster. As I say, I'm left there. He's gone to he's gone to oh. the Jags. Oh no way! He doesn't make the Jags roster. He will make the Jags better. As I say, unless he's got some sort of you know uh, off the field issue that I'm not aware Something of, off. you know that may pop up later in the year. Uh, but yeah, massive steal. Uh, Curtis Weaver going to the Dolphins. Yeah, in- I'll do that. Insane. He's number five ranked in the NCAA history for sacks, and he was only at Boise State for three years. Like he, he was his production was off the charts, and even if people didn't think he was a physical specimen good enough to to push it at the NFL level and to go up against NFL caliber tackles, you cannot chuck that production aside. And there's no way he should have slipped the the, the I think it was the fifth round. Um, this is that thing where where coaches become obsessed with those physical skills that they think they can coach into people, but when you've got someone that's just a a really high motor guy. If you can get him as your sort of third D end in those third down packages, and he's just going to not stop. That's exactly what you want because your top guys will push people around in the pocket. And then you want that third guy to chase down those sacks. Um, I think Troy die is another one. Yeah. Uh, you love that that's pick. a fourth round pick. 132nd pick. He was the 80 second ranked player in the entire class. Did you know he he is the first person ever to lead Oregon in tackles? A freshman, sophomore, junior, yeah, all four and years. Senior. That all four years playing a combination of linebacker and, and safety. Yes, ridiculous. He is a bit skinny. Um, he he needs yeah, to put some weight on and hold it. And but the guy's six four uh, and two thirty. Like he's he's not going to play safety. He's going to play linebacker. He's not fast enough in his hips and flipping around in coverage to play safety, but the the the, the tackling is fantastic. Stringing plays out along the edge. He's, he's very, very good. He's a sure tackler. He improved in, in uh, pass rushing in uh, in 2019. He did. He did. He's, he's a great player. And to drop to the fourth round is is insane. Um, the last one, the Vikings. Who got him in the end? The last one I want to touch on is um, Donovan Peoples-Jones because whilst he he had some up and down moments at Michigan, he had some bad quarterback play, he's a very, very talented receiver. He was, um, where was he? He was the 14th ranked receiver at the beginning of the draft process and he was the 29th receiver drafted. There's, there's some of the wow. people that got taken ahead of him were just it, it's just ridiculous. It, it boggles your mind. And the fact that the Browns climbed as well 
that bums me out. Um, but there's, I think that I think they may have found someone there to to make the roster fairly easily and to to make some impact and to make some noise behind those stars they've got a wide receiver. Um, and the other one, actually, not not necessarily a bargain, but someone that I think is going to be a fantastic player is Willie Gay. Um, he got picked up by the Chiefs end of end of round two. Um, he runs a four four. He's the highest rate. Highest coverage highest grade what? from any linebacker in uh, from PFF. Okay. He, he's outstanding, um, nice. and he, he's he had a couple of off the field bits which probably dropped him down. But the guy is a stud, and he is so damn fast. Like you know how you see guys running a fast straight line at the combine. You're like, oh yeah, they can run in that straight line in like a four five four six, and they get a big lot of uh, a lot of boom from it. Um, this guy ran a four four, and he plays like that. He, when he sees that edge and attacks ball carriers, especially from the backside when he's pursuing people, you watch those clips of him pursuing guys that are going out to the edge from the backside, and the co- the closing speed is just off the charts. Um, he's going to be an, an impact player for the Chiefs straight away. I think. Yeah, I think uh, I like, think yeah. Peoples Jones will be an interesting one. I think he'll he'll almost live and die with his first few first few snaps um, just because as in, once he gets onto the field which I think he will make a roster uh, make the Browns and then he's just got a real nasty uh, drop rate um, for someone that's so talented and is like electrifying with the ball in his hands uh, I think you know if you get if you get a couple of those drops too early on teams might just say no move on um, but it'd be interesting to see you you can kind of see him being a bit He's a bit dropsy, like um, David yeah, Funches. Yeah, Corey Came Coleman, out of Michigan as well. Same sort of height. Corey Coleman, that kind of guy that the Browns had and drafted really highly first, first, second round, I think, and and he had the dropsy. Second round, yeah, I suppose. I suppose he he hasn't gained more kind of uh, traction though, just because of his kind of his size. He's almost that, you know, somewhere between Coleman and Funches in terms of size, and then he's got the Coleman kind of speed as well. He's got you know high end speed, but. But I just, I just think, yeah, those drops will, those drops will make or break his career fairly early on. It's value, it's value though. I mean, mm. yes, oh, most certainly, insane value. Getting the 14th ranked receiver, 29th receiver off the board is, is just off the charts value. Uh, Tyler John, Tyler Johnson Agreed. as well. Uh, I think did he end up going to Minnesota as well? Um, they said they said about uh, that that would be an interesting thing with him and Thieland, uh because they both played the slot. But I think both of those guys can also work outside. Um, he was massively productive. Thielen, definitely. He's massively productive at um, Minnesota, uh, even alongside Rashad Bateman, who's probably a better receiver for next year. Um, but I just think, like, like we've spoken about, there's that production that can't go unnoticed. There's a certain point where you can't just go, oh, he's not as big and as fast. But if he just keeps catching balls, you need to give him a shot. Uh, I think he's good value there. Cool. Well, we'll uh, take a little break from the draft chat now and we'll go on to a <clears throat> more humorous uh, point with uh, Demon Slade of the Week this week. And uh, put a poll out on Twitter, had a couple of uh, responses, and uh, one is definitely an honourable mention, and then the other one uh, is so good and so terrible um, that it's going to be champion crowned. So, um, honourable mention, Finn. Uh, I got four doors of the lines you alluded to last week. 
Um, they are spectacular, and if he grows out his tash and keeps the tram lines fresh, it will look spectacularly shit. If you can join the mustache up with the bottom yet. tram line. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be insane. This is actually making me uncomfortable how yeah, bad that, he will look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope he goes post steroid era triple A. So Finn, keep the tram oh keep the tram lines fresh and make the mustache to the bottom one like a handlebar with triple H. Alright, that's that's <laughs> your that's your task. But Zach has gone for a blonde mohawk. He looks like a it boot does, yes. brush on top Very of his head. Very much so. It is so fantastically shit. Um, like, it must be a linebacker thing. Like, I shared a photo with me cutting a mohawk in in uni, but I never went as far as dying in gingery brown. Uh, I can't. I can't. Like he has. It's, it's, it's just off the charts bad. It's so bad. It's like, um, if you go back and look it up, guys that probably weren't born, uh, if you look up the Legion of Doom and uh, try and have a look at their hairstyles, it's not far off, and that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely shambolic hair, Zach. Well done, and uh, you are now crowned champion of Demon Schlid of the Week. Demon Schlid of the century, I think. Looking forward to seeing people trying to beat it. I really am. I feel like the lockdown is... Um, I feel like the lockdown has, has helped the, the fact that people have time and nothing else to do. They're like when yeah. they're allowed to go outside and be so uh <laughs> so we are going to talk about now our own teams. So um as Ravens, Texans and Steelers fans, uh we're gonna run through our draft classes. I'm gonna go first and then the boys will go after me. Um we have got some listener questions for some of you, so uh look out for them well, once I... you finish your bit. Um but I will Actual football questions. You what? Actual football questions. (laughs) Genuinely. Um, So, Ravens. Speed kills, y'all. Like, uh, Patrick Queen, he will be better than CJ Mosley, and he's just what we need in the middle of that defence. And then we go and follow it up with J.K. Dobbins. Like, he's the second all-time leading rusher at Ohio State. The only guy in front of him is double Heisman winner, Archie Griffin. He... Rushed for over a thousand yards, a freshman, a sophomore, and a junior. It's just him and Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, with Lamar Jackson and our offensive line. I'm excited, man. Um, we got Madubuke, the DT, in the third round. I think he'll do a good job learning behind Calais Campbell. Um, he'll contribute, but solid pick. Um, Duvernay from Texas. Great. Um, saw some quotes about some of his teammates at Texas, said that they've never seen him drop a ball. Um, so he could be just what the Ravens need. Um, follow that up then with another third-round pick from Malik Harrison. Um, he's going to be in the middle of that defence. And do you know what? I think him and Patrick Queen will start for the Ravens there. Um, he was stellar at Ohio State. Sideline aside, exactly what we need. Um, then we next two picks we spent on offensive linemen, added a bit of depth at tackle and guard with uh, Tyre Phillips and Ben Edson. Bredson coming out of Michigan with that harbour link that the Ravens have. Um, we then followed up the draft with uh, uh, sort of another detackle and then besides but playmaking safety. But as Jack to earlier, steal of the class for the Ravens, Proch, sixth round, chain mover, just what we need, and absolute steal. 
A plus draft class for the Ravens. I am excited for next season. Yeah, it's not a bad draft. I've got, I've got to say, it's, it's there's some Patrick Queen is 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 um, a very Ravensy player. I think he'll he'll make an impact and be good. But you'll probably trade him before his rookie contract finishes, so I won't worry about that. Um, the two receivers, Duvernay and uh, Prochet, are outstanding. Uh, I think they'll be really good contributors to. Hello, Jack. Hello. We're in lockdown. Everyone's using the internet. It's prime time. Yeah, we just crashed out. So when Sean joins us again, um, if you can just give your response to... Oh, there he is. Um, Sean, I was just saying to Jack, if uh, he sort of gives his response comment to my Ravens breakdown, because that's pretty much where we broke up and lost it all. Yeah, carry on from there, yeah. Okay, so you're just going to cut this first bit down? Maybe. (laughs) would <laughs> be good if you did um, okay so uh, yeah that's a good draft from the Ravens um, the two receivers are really good Divinay and Prochet are, are really good to what is kind of a depleted receivers room you've got Hollywood Brown but apart from that Willie Sneed doesn't really inspire a lot of anything um, and uh, have you got Miles Boykin on the other side I mean there's yeah. just, there's not a lot there so adding those two guys there's, there's opportunity for them um, which is what I want to see for Prochet, especially because I think if you get if you give him the chance to get the ball, he's he's going to go get it. Queen is a very Ravensy player, um, but uh, I mean, you're, again, you'll probably trade him before his rookie contract ends, so it's not that big a deal. Um, and then, yeah, I think it, it, you've done it. It's a decent draft. They, they you always draft pretty well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I mean, yeah. I like I like uh, the Duvernay pickups. Great. Um, and I think he'll be a he'll be a contributor to Lamar Jackson, who sort of likes to work that middle of the field uh, with all those tight ends as well. Um, and Duvernay's a different type of, type of body at slot receiver, so that'll be interesting. Um, I think Patrick Queen will be interesting. I, I get the he plays like a Raven because he can he can really sort of thud more than a lot of the other top linebackers. Um, from my notes, that he was a little bit inconsistent in terms of sort of finding the ball, uh, which will be interesting to see how much worse that gets in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I'm not totally convinced by Patrick Queen, but I know a lot of people are, so. Cool. Um, Sean, crack on with the Texans. The Texans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could work out fine. It's the season of hope. It's just not very sexy. Uh, Ross Blacklock, uh who's the defensive tackle at TCU. Uh, I think he's got a chance to make a lot of plays. He made a lot of plays at TCU, uh, but kind of puts his head down and just goes after it. Again, someone that probably lose the ball at the next level at times, uh, but may make some splash plays. Then we took uh, Jonathan Grenard out of Florida, pass rusher, who I thought was a good player, uh, good pickup, good motor, good, decent size. I think, yeah, he'll be a contributor for us. Then uh, six for eight tackle, uh, who's a bit of a plodder potentially, but he'll just work as our swing tackle as we've taken three tackles in the first three rounds uh, of the last two years. So we're, we're all tackled out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not to mention that, yeah, we've, we've also traded two first round picks for Tunsil as well. So And signed him to a fat contract. A, a very fat contract. Uh, so yeah, great. Another tackle. 
John Reed, who I know nothing about, but I'm told he plays slot corner and is quite good. Uh, slot corner, as we've discussed, probably a position that's growing in value. Uh, so hopefully he can do a job for us there. And then Isaiah Coulter, wide receiver, who has some good production, but I know nothing about. Hmm. What a great class. <laughs> <laughs> the highlight of the only, only five picks. Line, right? which... the what fail, was that, sorry? The failed pick with the, uh, the failed trade with the Lions that got uh, Bob all angry on the live stream. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost pleased that he didn't get a chance to trade away more picks. <laughs> oh dear He's I mean we just, only ended up with yeah. we only ended up with five picks uh, we traded out of our pick um, at uh, I think it was in the the mid 70s uh, only to trade back in and then give up most of the picks we got which is a very strange move by Bill O'Ryan but um, I mean it may all come together and win a Super Bowl but more than likely O'Brien will be fired next year and we we start again well, we did have a listener's question for you, Sean, more aimed at you. Uh, two, actually. Uh, one was, who do you think will be fired first, Bill O'Brien or Mike Tomlin? Oh, uh, B- uh, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> uh, Matt, um, Mike, Tomlin, Mike Tomlin uh, held the team together that had a lot of big egos on it. And I think an underrated job last year with what he did with some quite horrible quarterback play. <laughs> I, I, as a Ravens fan, I respect Mike Tomlin. He's a brilliant coach. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see whether he'll be on the hot seat this year no. undeservedly, undeservedly before you jump down my throat. Um, <laughs> Bill O'Brien second, is the hot seat at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> second question for you, Sean. On a scale of naught being Bears fan and 10 being Chiefs fan, how happy are you with the Texans draft? Um, four, five. I mean, we we address needs. Uh, I don't think we address them with good players. Uh, but it's always the season of hope. Uh, it's always, it's always, it's it's always. You know, if if you've picked four wide receivers, then everyone's going to say you had the best draft in the world uh, because those are the guys that are interesting. And we picked a defensive tackle and then a tackle. Uh, so you know everyone's going to say you've had a bad draft that's fine with me but let's just see how they turn out Um, but we certainly won't be making any big splashes no one's going to be talking about what a great draft this is in a couple years time fair enough Jack Steelers Uh, fairly boring first day obviously because we didn't have a pick but I'm happy with the fact that we have Mick Fitzpatrick so um, I'm completely fine with that being our first round pick essentially uh, Chase Claypool was, uh, was the receiver taken in the second round. I think uh, I, I think there was better receivers on the board that we could have picked up. There definitely were better receivers on the board. But if he pans out how the ideal version of him, then fantastic. Um, and he's like I said, he, like like we've both said, Dan. I know you said it sarcastically, but he's a fantastic special teams player. Um, I. It's not that like I. I don't appreciate special teams play. Special teams play is amazing. I just don't think you draft it in the second round. No, and and have it as a as a as a big positive for a second round pick. That that was the point I was trying to make. No, I I agree. Uh, I would have preferred a more polished receiver that showed more in college. But I mean, I just uh, you you get you get sucked in, don't you? Sometimes by those combine numbers and I could give you. 
Do you he's... think Clay- Claypool is good enough to allow Juju to be a proper wide receiver one this year? Because he struggled last year with all the extra attention and coverage. Personally, I think that it, the attention and the coverage was what it was. I think the, the clown car throwing him the ball was the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe it'll draw coverage away from him, but I think you've already got you've got a yards after catch guy in Deontay Johnson. You've got a progress guy in James Washington. You add Claypool in, um, and I think he could he could do something. I don't know what yet, but there's there's there is a bit of value there. But there were better receivers on the board, I think. Um, yeah, I think the the only thing he gives you is like a really big receiver, like that red zone threat. Um, yeah. Um, that you, that you don't really have, uh, but for someone, I, I, I think you posted it the other day on on Twitter, Jack. The um, numbers for Claypool, and it is wild how fast he is for someone that gets no separation. Yes, yeah. I mean, he, uh, his forty time was superb. That's called build-up speed, apparently. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, next pick was Alex Highsmith, who is an edge rusher from Charlotte. Um, as I, I, I mentioned before, it was kind of that day two was physicality versus finesse. Um, Highsmith is a finesse guy. Uh, he's got some, he's got an amazing array of pass rush moves. Um, he had 14 sacks and 13 starts in his final year. He's a great player um, and could work his way into that rotation and allows Bud Dupree and TJ Watt to be a bit more, a uh, bit more effective um, and to take some of that burden off them. He's a good player. Um he- I liked your breakdown in your article about him. Mm. He's, he's he's a good player, but does he does he come from playing against good enough opposition? We don't know. We'll find out. Uh, he'll crack the rotation, but we'll. we'll... Um, this, who is the running back, who is best friend. Tomlin's son, who run threat. He's not super fast in that breaks. He... You're breaking up, Jack. Yep, I can't hear you very well. Particularly good at breaking. You better? Much better. I think, not mu- but not much better if you're talking now. <laughs> I'm talking right now. Can you hear me now? Much yeah. better. Right. Okay. I don't know what happened. I didn't move or do anything. <laughs> so Anthony McFarland is uh, speedy, home run threat. Uh, can't stay healthy. Had a high ankle sprain all year. Um, uh, has apparent attitude problems and character issues, and basically seemed like a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> Um, and someone called him an absolute child, uh, and the coaches told him to declare, otherwise he wouldn't play next year. So, I mean, it, and he's best friends with Dino, uh, who's Tomlin's son at Maryland, and it's, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He's not going to crack the, the running back rotation because he won't. He's not the kind of running back that we need in there, um, but whatever. Uh, not my favourite pick from the Steelers. My favourite pick out of the whole thing was Kevin Dotson, uh, who is guard from uh, Louisiana Lafayette. He, interestingly, was the first non-combined participant to be picked in the draft this year. Mm. 
Um, and he is a massive, massive Steelers nerd, which is amazing to see. Um, when he got picked, there was a video of him just covered in Steelers stuff that he already had, not stuff they sent him, <laughs> that his family already had. Um, he is a huge dude. Uh, he's very, very powerful. As the as the draft Knicks say, he's a people mover, um, whatever the fuck that means. But he, he's, a, he's a great player to pick up, um, and he looks like a Steelers kind of guy. Uh, Antoine Brooks from Maryland uh, was the safety picked up in the next round. He um, much prefer him to as a Maryland product than Anthony McFarland. I think he is uh, very, very good at diagnosing plays um, and watching from close to the line of scrimmage. So he plays in and around the box. Uh, he's very good at picking the lanes to come up and make good, solid hits on, on running backs. His pursuit's really good. Questionable in deep coverage. I don't think he can provide any coverage on the top. Um but he could, if he's allowed to freelance a little bit, could be a bit of an impact player. Uh, and then Carlos Davis, who is uh, no tackle, I believe, out of Nebraska. Uh, I don't think he'll make the, the roster. So I'm not going to talk about him. Okay. Uh, got some questions from our listeners. Um, first hmm. one, how much time will the Steelers spend deliberating before they decide to suck for Sunshine Lawrence? <laughs> it's just not a Steelers thing. It's not. It's not a thing. I just. It's it's the same as if the question was uh, if if you still had Joe Flacco and didn't have Lamar, uh, and the po- the question was posed to you, Dan. It's not in the nature of in the culture of the team to do that. I don't think um, they'll either find a replacement from within, or they will find a guy they like and, and try and trade for him. I don't think there's. Um, I, we're not going to be that bad. Okay. Um, what is the plan of attack in the air this year, considering Big Ben has a noodle for an arm with neither strength nor accuracy? <laughs> uh, I think we'll be just fine. Uh, the last time we saw Big Ben healthy, he threw for 5,000 yards. So I think he's, he's, he's fine. He has the, the power of the beard, which is amazing. Um, and he's got, he's got a decent cast of receivers at this point. The, the, the problem was not the offense last year in terms of skill positions. Again, it was the rotating class, the rotating um, cast of just idiots that were trying to throw the ball. You had one guy that just got bounced in the, ha- the head with a helmet and the other guy is more famous for duck calls. Like, but will Ben be able to throw the ball anywhere near as far as them? I think I think that's a really interesting question because I think the Steelers are in a in a position where if he comes back and he is even ninety percent of Big Ben, then you could be looking at one of the very few very few teams in the AFC that can hang with the Chiefs. Uh, but there's a good, also a really good chance that he comes back and is added to that clown car. Um, but <laughs> but I think I think if if he comes back and is most of himself, then I think they've got tons of weapons. The defence has playmakers at every level. Uh, the offence has playmakers. And they've got a good coach and a good system there, I think. So I think they're a real swing. I could quite easily see them going 5-11, and 11, and I could quite easily see them going 12-4. and four. Yeah, so like that ties in with our last question quite nicely. Actually, is what's the best possible record the great Steelers defense can drag their average offense to? Well, we're playing the extra game next year, right? So it would be oh yeah, thirteen, thirteen and four. 
Yeah, so I th- I can see that I can see the Steelers making the playoffs. Um, if, like Sean said, Big Ben comes back and he is the the five thousand yard, thirty yard touchdown Big Ben, and not the guy that started out the season last season. Mm. Uh, if that's if he's the the guy from last season, then it's going to be much of the same, and maybe we end up at I don't know five and twelve. Is it? Yeah, it'd be five and twelve now. Something like that, but I mean, we managed to win and nearly make the playoffs with whatever the yeah, like the clown car that was lining up behind centre mm-hmm. last year. If either of them show any improvement and Big Ben gets injured or just has lost all functional mobility in his throwing arm, then we're still going to be okay. We're not going to be that kind of two and fifteen team or, or whatever that. That is picking in the top ten next year. I just I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. The best record, best record, I reckon uh, twelve and six. No, twelve and what is it? Twelve and five. Twelve and five. Okay, thank you very much, and thanks for your honest answers to those listener questions. There, um, right before we do the quiz, Jack, take us into Wonderland. Here we go. Right. So when we get the production values up, can I have some music in the background of this when I do it? Because I just really think it deserves it this time. I've planned it a lot better. Uh, what kind of music do you want Sean to do? Because I'm recording, so I won't be able to play. We won't do it right now. I think in other episodes, we need kind of creepy carousel music. <laughs> okay. But we're, it, it's a post-production thing, or it's in the future, because there's going to be more trips to Wonderland. So there's two halves to this. Um, there is uh, the story of Jameis Winston and the story of Cam Newton. Okay. The story of Jameis Winston goes like this. He's been signed by the New Orleans Saints. Fantastic draft, uh, fantastic spot for him to go to. He gets to learn from Drew Brees. He gets to, to learn how to do special teams from Taysom Hill. Um, he is a great, great fit for him. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased that he's ended up there and he will be handed the keys to the kingdom eventually, I think. Um, but in Wonderland, Drew Brees, who has already signed a contract with a broadcasting group, I, I think it's CBS, I'm not 100% sure. Drew Brees starts the virtual off-season and goes, no, this is ridiculous. I've put on 30 pounds and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and says, I am retiring. Okay. Jameis Winston has handed the keys to the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints kingdom in 2020. Because of this... Sean Payton says, you know what? He's going to throw a load of picks, so we need to get him another pair of hands. And this is where my earlier comment about A.J. Green comes in. The New Orleans Saints trade for A.J. Green. They trade a second-round pick for him. The Bengals are like, ah, you know what? We've got Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, we've got John Bass, and Olden Tate, all these guys. So Jameis Winston lines up on the centre for the first game of the 2020 season with Michael Thomas on one side, AJ Green on the other, Adam Troutman, my favourite tight end at the middle, and Alvin Kamara behind him. Uh, he leads the New Orleans Saints to the Super Bowl, as you would. He throws 45 touchdowns, throws 20 picks. Big improvement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is named the NFL's MVP in 2020. Oh. That is the redemption arc for Jameis Winston. Okay. Here's what's interesting, right? Here's what's interesting. In 2020, Cam Newton still doesn't have a home, okay? Yeah. He's just still wandering around. He doesn't know what he's doing. So 
he calls the guys in Jacksonville and is like, hey, can I come play, please? And the Khans and, uh, and Colbron and all those guys go, yeah, why not? Come on. Come over. See if you can start. Him and uh, Gardner Minshew do the best press interviews you've ever seen in your life because you've got Cam Newton dressed like a pimp and Gardner Minshew dressed in jorts and aviators. Um, they do the best press conferences you've ever seen in your life. Cam Newton wins the job. He gets a bit bored, gives it back to Minshew halfway through the season. Cam Newton spends the rest of the season convincing the Khans that they need to relocate the Jacksonville franchise because it's a horrible place to be. <laughs> okay, at this point, I need uh, I need input from the two uh, my two fellow hosts, um, and Cam Newton presents three options to the Khans. Okay, the first option is the Mexico City Diablos. And he wants to go to Mexico City. He wants to put up a bit, a bit of an accent on when he does his press conferences. They have a really cool fan base. They have a massive stadium there ready to roll. All that. That is option one. Option two is the Memphis Hound Dogs. Okay, Cam Newton loves a bit of music. He loves, his, uh, he, he loves that kind of rock and roll lifestyle. And the Memphis Hound Dogs, interestingly were, I think, third or fourth behind the Carolina and Jacksonville franchises to be awarded that expansion franchise in the 90s. They actually went 9-9 nine and nine in the Canadian Football League for one season for some weird fucking reason. For the Memphis Hound Dogs, they already have a stadium there, Liberty Bowl Stadium, um, which the Tigers play in. They're also ready to host a team, okay? The third option here is the San Antonio Siege, Okay. They are prime candidates to have another NFL team. Uh, the mayor is really supportive of really what happened. The Raiders were going to go there for a season while they were waiting for Vegas to be ready. And those are the three options that Cam Newton slams down on the table for the Cans. Okay? So I need you guys to pick which one it is so I can say my final sentence and why to pull us out of one. Okay. I, I know which one I want to pick. Um, go ahead, Dan. You, you start. Okay, I say he picks the Mexico City Diablos purely for the press conferences and an accent. Um, <laughs> and I think that you're setting this up because you're going to go down the rabbit hole and create this on Madden, aren't you? <laughs> I think if they had the San Antonio Siege rather than the San Antonio Bats on Madden, I'd probably do that. But they're not as good at naming teams as I am, apparently. But uh Madden is a is a good is a good example for this, but the other two were actually um, did some research on this afternoon. Sean, uh, well, you've got a massive. I think uh, Dan's right with the uh, going to Mexico. Um, you've got that big stadium there, and then also you've got the added fact that you know they've they've already signed up to this massive deal to keep sending games over to England, and you know the Khans want to get out of this deal, but it's going to cost them a massive amount of money until that they find out that a bit of cartel's money is running through the bottom of that Mexico franchise. Uh, England pull out of the deal, Tottenham pull out, and the Jags get, or not the Jags anymore, get exactly what they want. They've got their eight home or nine home games now. They don't have to worry about that deal. Everyone's happy. And a little bit of cartel money. The Mexico City Diablos is where we're going. Okay, so... To wind us up to get out of Wonderland here, okay? In the 2021 draft, the Mexico City Diablos are able to select Jamar Chase. And Cam Newton and Chase 
and Leonard Fournette, who is still there, and Chenault, and Westbrook, and DJ Chark lead the Mexico City Diablos to the Super Bowl in 2021 against the Winston-led New Orleans Saints. Nice. Excellent. Diablos versus Saints. Who is the who is, who is the who is the Mexican version of Drake and the Raptors that we can have on the sidelines of all of the Mexican <laughs> games? <laughs> oh dear. I don't want to be racist. I don't know. <laughs> so that that is uh, your trip into Wonderland this week. Thank you very much. Uh, Jack there so we'll move on to the quiz so how the quiz is going to work fellas alright you're going to each need to think of a buzzer alright and I will test your buzzers in a second Um, but when I'm asking these questions some questions you'll both get a chance to answer Um, some questions are multiple choice um, but I would ask you to let me finish the full question before you do your buzzer okay (laughs) I'd like to to use this moment to point out how very young I am yeah. <laughs> that's fine um <laughs> that's fine so um did you both understand the rules we did yes sir okay so can uh jack give me your buzzer that you're going to use please sale okay and sean meow <laughs> wonderful <laughs> okay are we both ready for question one sale <laughs> question one when did the texans join the nfl meow 2002 Correct. This quiz isn't biased, Jack, I promise. (laughs) Okay. Question two. After which game this year will Mike Tomlin get fired? Meow. Eight. Sale. (laughs) The Super Bowl. (laughs) Both wrong. We're going for week 12 was the answer. Number three. Who has the second most Super Bowl rings? Joe Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, or Charles Haley? Sale, Joe Montana. Eh-eh, chance to steal. Meow, the last one. Charles Haley? Yes. He has the Correct, that is the man he has. <sighs> he has five. He won with the Cowboys as well. Okay, question four. Seven running backs have over 2,000 yards in a season in the NFL. I need you to name four. Uh, Sale. Go for- Chris Johnson. What? Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Lewis. Uh-uh. Uh, not Terrell. Is it's it not Terrell a name. Lewis? No, Jamal. Uh, the, th- Jamal Lewis. the first two. The first two. Uh, did uh, Jim Brown and Tim Riggins. <laughs> John Riggins, you mean? But no, John Riggins, not no, Jim no. Riggins. So, yeah. so currently, you've both got two, and Jack's managed. Mark Lewis. Jack's managed to amalgamate two of the other ones into the same name. Yes, Jamal Lewis is one of them. Yeah, that's the Ravens yeah. guy, and uh, I am going to say the fourth one is. Um, the Broncos did. Okay. <laughs> Terrell, Davis. Terrell Davis, correct. So, Jack, you did manage to get four. The other three that neither of you got were Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, and OJ Simpson. And OJ. Sorry, I did you like that, OJ. So, so it is 2 1 to Sean currently. Okay, question five. Who rushed for 57 yards in Super Bowl LII against the Patriots? Sale. Jack. 
Todd, Todd Gurley? No. Uh, uh, meow. Yeah. Uh, JJ. Correct, Todd. <laughs> okay, let's see which one of you has the best draft knowledge in question six. Fucking JJ. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd get that, Jack. What an asshole. <laughs> Um, okay, number six. Ben DiNucci is a seventh round pick and a quarterback. Who drafted him and where did he play? Hey, oh, no. You did not let me finish the question. There was more to the question. So it's short chance, chance to steal. Who I, drafted I have no him? Idea what... and where... <laughs> I... Go on, sorry. So Ben DiNucci <laughs> is a seventh round pick and a QB. Who drafted him and where did he play his college ball? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, let's go with. The Vikings and Hawaii. Wrong. Jack, no, you do have a chance to answer the question. The Cowboys drafted him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I can't remember what college he went to, because, but we interviewed him on the Time Scoop podcast. <laughs> oh, did he, go, uh, did he go to uh, Temple? Go? No, he went to, um, oh, Sugar. Uh, was it? Have a guess. It's a green one. Yeah. With a little beaver thing on it. Okay. Time's up. Oregon State, UMass? No, you're both useless. Time's up. Jack, that's the reason I picked him, because you interviewed him on the Times Youth Podcast, Donut. Um, He went to college at James Madden in the FCS. So um, it is 3-2, Sean. You had a chance to get two points there, Jack, and you you missed it. So question seven. I got one. Yeah, you got one. This is 3-2. Question seven. Okay. If you were a soup, what flavour soup would you be? Meow. Sean? Uh, chunky chicken. Jack? <laughs> Jack? Settle. Minestrone. Ooh. So the answer I was looking for is French onion soup there. It's always French onion soup. Sean? <laughs> chunky chicken. Sean, I'm not surprised you're chunky chicken, buddy. <laughs> soup and person all, all right. White, white, white and chubby. <laughs> The life I live. Okay, the next question is multiple choice. Question eight. Who has the nicest uniform? Jets green or Ravens purple? Sale, yeah. Jets green. Oh. Jack, correct. Sale, Jets green is better than Ravens purple, yeah. even from a Ravens fan. Okay. Yes. Question nine. Who was my favourite prospect coming out of the draft? Meow. Sean? Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> Correct. 4-3 Sean going into the last question. <laughs> okay. Rank the demons running backs as humans. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the question is, how stupid are the Packers? Sale. Jack. Uh, they're as stupid as the Falcons surrendering that lead to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Ooh, I like that, Sean. Stupid like a fox. <laughs> oh, you were close to the ideal answer, Sean, which would have been no as stupid as the bears. Oh. Um, so Jack Jack was really quite close, so I'm going to give him 4-4, four, four, and I now need to dig in and get my tiebreaker question. Uh, can I please Can I please raise a, a dispute with the quiz master? Yeah. Uh, Danucci went to James Madison, not James Madison. Oh, Close enough, I just typed it wrong because I was playing Madden at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me get a tiebreaker question up. Um, okay, because I didn't prepare for Chunky this. Chicken. Chunky chicken is the best answer I've heard to a question ever. 
Okay. Is is there like a particular brand you eat, Sean? Or uh, I, I like a big soup. Heinz big soup. Heinz yeah, big, yeah. A big soup because you, you know because again it's white, chubby, and it's filled with a lot of shit like me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Heinz big soup, <laughs> chunky chicken. <laughs> You can't give me a question on this as a title. <laughs> I was going to see how well Sean actually knew it, but no, that's not going to be the question. How is that a tiebreaker? <laughs> how well I knew the ingredients. <laughs> yes, and the cooking time. <laughs> oh, dear. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. Okay, wonderful. Uh, uh, Jack, can you name any of the, the top Either of the top two picks, I believe, in the 2013 draft, when it was the two tackles. Uh, yeah, it's Jared McCoy and Duncan too. No, offensive oh, tackle. Not, no, no, you mean it was Eric tackle. Fisher and oh, one, one down. Someone else. He was. Oh, he went to the Jags. He went to the Jags. It was Luke. Uh, yep. Luke Jerkle. Luke yes. Jerkle. Yes, from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. What a sexy year that was. I I wish that it could be that year every year. Okay, I've got an ideal tiebreaker. I just need to find the data. Um, (laughs) When you said data, do you mean the answer? No, 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 no. I'm going to... Don't worry. I am going to give you a few higher or lower questions. Right, okay. 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 (laughs) So I'm going to give you... Uh, you're going to have to yeah, guess so LSU led all schools with 14 picks okay, mm-hmm. in this year's draft Okay, no mm-hmm. googling no fellas Okay, what I need to know from you guys is who had more picks in the draft okay, taken All right, I'm going to go for Nebraska Okay. Or Louisville. Meow Louisville. Jack? <laughs> say old Nebraska? Why would I say Louisville? <laughs> Correct. It is Nebraska. They had two to Louisville's one. Outrageous. Yes. That Nebraska, both of those Nebraska picks will be out of the league. <laughs> yeah, well, one of them is Carlos, Carlos Davis, who's the, the seventh round tackle taken by the Steelers. <laughs> so... Jack, you uh, you win the quiz this this time around. Thank you very much, Sean. You tried really hard. You got out to an early lead. You did. I, I can't believe I watched I watched far too many Nebraska games this year. I kept mistaking them for Wisconsin when I saw their uniforms, oh, um, oh, and they and they screwed me again. See, Sean, you're you're just like a typical Texans person in charge. You. Uh, <laughs> You get like loads of really good stuff, and then you throw it away for nothing. Um, yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Um, I will do some editing in the first half and chop that little snafu off where we lost our connection. But um, thank you all for listening today. Thank you too for um, coming and having a chat with us to this week. Um, and next week, we're probably going to look at doing our fantasy draft for Maximum Friction season three. Exciting times. Exciting times. Yes. So have a lovely week, both of you. Um, start doing your breakdowns of 
you know, who's going to draft where in that mock draft? Because what you've got to think about, like, we've got some interesting characters in our league. You've got people like Robert, who will just read all the articles and then Jack will draft his team for him. You've got Scott, who's got basically no picks. Um, Yogi, who's got lots of picks. God, yeah. It's it's a very interesting mock draft. We'll have to get the order up correct. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to. Uh, just to clarify, is Candy joining in, or we do have to find it to have to out? I believe he is. Ask him. Because okay, well he's he's had about five messages, so he needs to join in and like can set a draft up and we can do more. Cool. Message him on like WhatsApp or whatever, Instagram or something. Yeah. Right. Well, you guys have a lovely week, and uh, I'll chat to you next week. Thanks, Thanks so, guys. Me.